Welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we're sitting down with up-and-coming musician Barty Strange about how growing up in Oklahoma changed the way he makes music and his first time headlining a show in the state this December at Beer City Music Hall. Oh my gosh, can't wait. But first, let's talk about our question of the week. We asked you, what is the best concert you've ever seen? First up is Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Uh, this is this is this question reminds me of that time, Greg, that you and I were, I don't remember even where we were, and someone just walks up and is like, so what's the best restaurant in Oklahoma? <laughs> Well, that happens remember to that? Me a lot. I don't even remember where we were. <laughs> uh, you and I were together somewhere. This question reminds me a little bit of that because I've, I've, I'm a huge live music person. Mm-hmm. I love concerts. I've been to more than I can count. Um, and so it's almost like a, like if someone asked me what the best restaurant is in Oklahoma, I'd be like, what kind of music do you like? What kind of yeah. food do you like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what kind of music? Look at Garth Brooks, 2017. Ford, uh, Ford Center. Wow. How old am I? <laughs> Paycom Center. Uh, that was amazing. Um Patty Griffin at the Blue Door, amazing. John Fulbright from the Ground Up album release show at the Blue Door. Anything at the Blue Door is the best concert I've ever seen. Um, God, I've seen so many shows at Canes that were made. Chris Stapleton at Canes right before he blew up. Oh, my gosh. What a show. Um, R.I.P. I, I just have too many oh, to wait, list. Uh, it's the truth. Popular, like Tina sorry. Turner live twice. I mean – there's too many to list. Honestly, there's too many to list. All right. Live music is amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And my, but my, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in my event right up too. All right. So, yeah. Uh, managing editor and live music hater, Carly Barra. I, <laughs> I actually do like live music. I just don't go very often because I am very cheap and concert tickets are expensive. Are. But I did go to see uh, that first show that the Flaming Lips did at the Zoo Amphitheater. That was which a great was show. And it was uh, the first concert that Philip and I went to. He is is a live music hater yeah. and um, he was like I don't like it. it's no good blah, blah, blah. but he had a great time at that show that was an amazing show Philip but is just a hater he is no, a yes. hater we appreciate this but, <clears throat> but my <laughs> other answer is it's not in Oklahoma but I went to see The Cure when they were in Dallas oh, and they played for great. three and a half hours and I was there oh. by myself because Philip was in Iraq at the time and I was just like dancing the whole time oh, it was it was so amazing cool. yeah that's so cool oh my gosh Tom Petty the first day of his last tour here sorry sorry no it's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, photo editor Megan Rossman. In Oklahoma? No, just, just your anywhere. favorite best concert you've ever seen. Maybe both. Do do one best in Oklahoma well, and best everywhere. Uh, one of the most, I mean, uh, seeing the Walkman, I think it was like 2003 at the Opolis was pretty magical because like they were, they're a pretty big band or they got bigger and I just saw them on this tiny little stage. There's like an old broom, you know, sitting next to them. It was, it was cool. That was the headliner. To, yeah, it was, yeah, it was cool to see them and just like that really in that really small space. Um, and then also I saw TV on the radio at the Diamond Ballroom one time, which was just wonderful. Oh, and I love that. That's a great venue, too. That venue doesn't get enough love. You're yeah. right there. Like with the yeah. you feel like you're like part yeah. of the band. I saw Ghostland Observatory at, at Diamond Ballroom one time. That was oh, unbelievably yeah. that good. Be that fun. was so fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and then a long time ago, I saw Tool at the Tacoma Dome, and that was, as somebody who's a big fan of Tool, that was really, really satisfying to get to They're They're amazing. Um, yeah. Very cool. All right. Very cool. Uh, first time ever music listener, Ben Lucian. <laughs> yeah, Ben, have you, do you know what mu- music is this thing that people make? <laughs> It's like, po- like it's poetry. It's kind of like poetry, but it, yeah. Okay, yeah. I might be into it then. Yeah. There's this artist you should get to know named Jennifer Lopez. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'll have to, if you have any recommendations, I'll, I'll take Pretty it out. Yeah. Spears. Uh, so I think you have to sort of uh, consider it sort of by the, the, the categories. Um, 
it, like an arena show is way different than something that yeah. you, would, uh, you would see at the Blue Door or something. Uh, my favorite arena show ever is the one you already alluded to, the Garth Brooks concert. So uh, good. Yeah, so good. I had I had such an amazing time. I'm not even in the top tier of like Garth fans, but uh, it was an ama- it was you, such a good. He he's worked a rock star. So hard. He's a rock star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at, I I also want to say my my favorite ever local show like with local artists I went to the Tower Theater and I saw uh, Adam and Kizzy Um, they had their uh, album uh, debut there uh, at the Tower and uh, I think I went through like just every single emotion in in the human body uh, at that show and uh, Adam and Kizzy are both great uh, very talented uh, terrific show and Tower has I've had so many great shows at Tower as well it's such a good venue it's such a good they do such a good job there what about you Greg what was the best concert you ever saw um other than um uh Celine Dion at <laughs> Caesar's Palace, which you've seen. I know you've seen dozens of times. Yeah, at this point, yeah. I don't even consider that a concert so much as like a church service. For right, me. yeah, exactly. Um, I, know, I know, I know. Well, so local bands, um, the best show I ever saw was our friend Casey Clifford at the Blue Door. That's a really good show. Um, November 18th. She, She'll be there November 18th. It was it was her and, uh, and uh, David Broyles um, and just, I remember, I, I cried. I cried during that show. I was with you at that show. Um, I remember that. And I, you cried I like a baby. I did. Yeah. I did. I also I had to it's change. It's hard not I, to at a Casey Clifford show, man. You I had to be feelings. changed afterwards too. A lot of things <laughs> happened like a baby at that show. Um, the uh, the other one was uh, another great venue, the Diamond Ballroom in Tulsa. I saw uh, they might be giants uh, mm. with uh, with the band Mucka Ferguson, and um, it is there's something really magical about being in a room, not just with this band that you have loved for so long, but surrounded by people that all seem to know the lyrics mm. to the B-side yeah. that was sold for 15 minutes at an airport in Yugoslavia 20 years ago, and they're all singing along with you to this. I was just, that. that's an amazing um, feeling. If you don't know the B-sides of the Yugoslavia tapes, you're not, <laughs> you're not You're not really... You're not allowed to listen to them. Yeah, they... <laughs> you know what concert I want to see are those guys that... Ah, those guys... <laughs> the Blue Band Group. No, the ones <laughs> with all the lights and sound. Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Yes, that's oh. it. I would I, love to see every a Christmas. Bring it's your earplugs right yeah. if you ever go. It's extremely Is loud. Is it? Yeah, oh, I might have know. a seizure or like something. Aggressively but loud. Really? That's good. Might. That's another good uh, future question of the week, though, is like, who's your number one concert, like, actually two, who's your number one concert bucket list? Per, like, who mm. have you had not Prince. seen and want to? Prince. Well, the because uh, the other question is, who are you never going to get to see and it makes you sad? Because mine is Prince and David. Uh, remember when he played for, like, five hours the day that we left South by Southwest. Yes. That was... And we didn't go because we were so tired. (laughs) No, I I think it happened like... After we left. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. I that that whole trip is such a blur. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's I just live music's fantastic. What do people say on social media? I'm curious about this. So much. Um, I this is this is a this very is a good, small this is fertile ground. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We had like 
I think almost 200 comments. Oh on my gosh, Facebook. fits in the tantrums at the airport. Sorry, sorry, I have so many. <laughs> uh, Brett Scoville said Oklahoma City University had con- uh, had outdoor concerts about 1967 or 68. Lincoln Harvey Market and other local bands played. Now I've seen Jimi Hendrix and the Allman Brothers, wow. The Grateful Dead, The Who, Stevie Wonder, The Stones, Johnny Winter, Mitch Ryder, BB King, Joe Bonamassa, <laughs> Herman's Hermits, The Trogs, Alice Cooper, Towns Van Zant, Willie, Grand Funk Railroad, and so on. Um, wow. But I would trade them all for just one more of those wonderful outdoor shows at OCU. I felt like I was a part of something that was bigger than life. That's cool. Um, okay, so you mentioned KC, our buddy KC Clifford. Uh, her dad's band, um, Mountain Smoke, which mm-hmm. is the band that Vince Gill played in in high school. Mm-hmm. Bluegrass band once got called. This was in the PBS country music documentary. Vince Gill talked about this. They got called one day. Uh, the Grateful Dead was playing at the Oklahoma State Fair, and they their opener dropped out, and someone at the State Fair knew Hal yeah. Clifford and was like, can you guys open for this Grateful Band? <laughs> so this poor little like local bluegrass fan gets up before the dead yeah and is very swiftly booed off stage oh, like i know i, I know but if you I watch the country music coming, if you watch the country music documentary the ken burns uh vince gill tells yeah. that story it's very funny that's pretty funny yeah it's a really good story uh donna lynn lemons mcclung said that leon russell and okc in the oh, mid 70s we had great. seats right down front and he even got on top of his piano it was awesome that's so cool. Uh, Mary Ellen uh, Keeter said uh, there are two for me. Do- uh, Neil Diamond's Hot August Night when he came to Tulsa and also Elton John's last one in Tulsa where Leon Russell appeared. Uh, Elton took about a 10-minute break and performed close to four hours. That's cool. Wow. wow. That's uh, cool. Vernie Anthus uh, said Elvis Presley at the Myriad. He sang wow. the American Trilogy. That was in the early 70s. We got to see this concert and the first one was 1972. My brother, husband, cousin Cynthia Clark and I went to the first one. Um, Meg Cannon said Paul Simon. The first time we saw him was at the Civic Center right before he was supposed to go on. The center's soundboard crashed. He loaned them his from his bus, and while they wired it in, he played an acoustic set in the lobby. Oh, Oh, neat. Oh, my gosh. I bet that was amazing. And then uh, Jared Peterson, uh, not terribly explanatory, but I assume it must have been an amazing show (laughs) because he just said, Guar. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I bet that would have been a great show. (laughs) My friend Todd, I owned me one time, it was like, I'm going to see Guar at Diamond Ballroom tonight. Do you want to go? And I don't remember why, but I couldn't. Like, oh I was just like, gosh. I can't go. I've got something or I'm not around. Um, and I regret it to this day, yep. not going to that show. I should have, whatever. Like, I don't even care if it was like, I'm having dinner with my grandmother. I should have been like, sorry, Grandma. If, if I'm going you, to see Guar. If you are looking for somebody else in Oklahoma who shares your musical sensibilities, please hop onto our Facebook page right now and make a new friend because uh, the the gamut that was run oh of, of artists that our, that our readers have seen um, is pretty amazing. And before we talk talk to Bartiz, I would like to put something out to our podcast listening community. Sure. I have been hearing, since I was a teenager, I have heard this legend about Oklahoma City uh, that before Nine Inch Nails blew up, when they were still just, a, you know, like an indie band touring, um, they came here for a show. The show was canceled for whatever reason. The reason I heard was that the city canceled the show, but I think that's just teenage. Like, I don't think yeah. that's actually what happened because um, the city doesn't have the power to do that. But, um, the show was canceled for whatever reason. They couldn't play, and so they broke into the old Bell Isle factory. Oh yeah, remember the factory that used to be where I the Bell Isle stuff this. is now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the legend is that Nine Inch Nails broke into this factory and played a free show inside the Bell Isle factory. But I've never 
heard. I've never had confirmation. So if anyone is listening and can confirm or positively, Trent Reznor, if you can positively, <laughs> who's a big fan of the show, yeah. uh, yeah. if you can, if anyone can positively confirm this for me, or positively, I don't know how you can confirm a negative, but I want to know for sure yeah. what this, where this story comes from. So if anybody's listening and know has any has any tea to spill. Yeah, I've heard LMK. that too. Have you? I, okay. Yeah, I've heard that, and I I have no idea if it's true. Yeah, this was back. I when was the, hearing, and I heard this in like ninth grade. This was back when like, the band was called Resner's Hardware Store, right? <laughs> yeah, before they um, decided to just focus on the nails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so if anybody, if any of you people are cool enough to have been at that show, I would love send that to, to hear that OKT story. Pod at travelok.com. There you go. Uh, there you go. Absolutely love. And Barties, if you want to break into anywhere, yes. and play. You I, he probably have don't to. have to. I'm a state employee. You're gonna have to get somebody I, else. I think I think I think Bartiz can show up anywhere in Oklahoma and just be like, "I'd like to play here," and they'll be like, "Okay." That sounds fair. Uh, speaking of, let's talk to the man himself, uh, Mr. Bartiz Cox, aka Bartiz Strange, and we are so very pleased to welcome in uh, Mr. Bartiz Cox, uh, aka Bartiz Strange, uh, the uh, um, uh, amazing musician uh, who uh, grew up in Mustang and has now just taken the world by storm. Uh, Bartiz, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, so um, just kind of to get this out of the way, Bartiz and I worked together uh, years and years ago at the Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation. Um, yes. And 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 I remember uh, after you had uh, you were our intern and you moved on and you were in D.C. and you started sending me links on Facebook and you were like, hey, listen to this. I, I started messing around with some music and then all of a sudden, like you're on like the best, you know, new record of 2020 list all over the place. Like that's, it's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy that the, that the guy I used to write press release with is now, is now uh, playing sold out shows. Dude, it's crazy to me. I mean, (laughs) I've always wanted to, you know, be a musician for my living, but that's, that's like, I never expected it to happen. I would feel very lucky that I get to do it for at least this chapter of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Um, well, one reason, obviously, we just wanted to have you on anyway, because it's so cool to have, uh, you know, have Barty Strange on the podcast. But also, uh, in a couple of months, uh, o- Okies are going to get another chance to hear you live. You're going to be playing uh, Beer City Music Hall in December, right? Yeah, it's the first show I've ever played in Oklahoma, really. Like, that's like mine. I opened for my friend Lucy Dacus there last year Mm -hmm. um, at the Tower. Wait, at at the Sooner Theater, um, the old Sooner Theater. I don't know what they call it anymore. Is it the Tower Theater now? Uh, On 23rd? Yeah, Tower Theater. Well, Sooner Theater is in Norman. Oh, right. My bad. Mm -hmm. My bad. Yeah, the Tower Theater. My bad. But yeah, anyways, we played there last time and it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And now those same guys uh, have just opened up Beer City, uh, which Uh we have uh, for anybody. Our our, uh, listeners should pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now, uh, which has a story about Beer City, um, uh, which is just a really great venue. I'm I'm super excited uh, that you're going to be playing there. And and uh, uh, and I checked. I don't have my kids uh, that night, so I will be there. Uh, And uh, so just look for me. I'll be in the front. Uh, wearing my signature tube top. Uh, I've got uh, sparklers. Uh, I'll be waving around. It's going to be great. Great. Are <laughs> you still so proud? Like, 
Are you still also like six six? Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Oh, I'll see you. Yeah. So he'll be right in front. For yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, tell me a little bit. One of the things that really struck me because I, I, you know, uh, when when uh, when Live Forever came out, um, like just everybody around here was was streaming it all the time, and I was really kind of blown away by the the complete lack of genre like you are just everywhere with your music it it, it is it dips in and out of like every different style um uh, tell me a little bit about kind of how did you how, how have you created your sound um honestly just playing music and being around musicians and kind of having this understanding that music was all very connected and, and special on its own. You know, like I had friends that only liked country music or friends that only liked hard rock or friends that only liked hip hop. And I just really loved all of it and how they were all connected. And I really loved like the history of music and just how like, you know, like you, you think about like Neil Young and you remember like Neil Young and Rick James were in a band together at one point. And they both went on to make completely different music, but they had this appreciation for music that went way beyond genre or race or where they came from. They were just players. And that's kind of how I always felt growing up too. I was like, Oh yeah, I can make beats. Oh yeah. I can play drums. Oh yeah. I can play some guitar. I can sing a little bit. I just wanted to be in music. You know, I, I just wanted to be surrounded in music. And so when I make music, I think it's, uh, an interpretation of that idea of being surrounded by music um, of all types and using tools from every trade to make something that's new, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I think about it anyways. Well, you know, and for, for you're absolutely right. I think there are those folks who are like very into the country. They're very into the rock. They're very into rap and hip hop and, and listening to uh, I was listening to Farm to Table again this morning, in fact, uh, just, you know, just get myself pumped up for the interview. Um, and I really was I was so taken with the way that it will, you know, you'll you'll drop into throwing rhymes and then immediately there's this like long, soulful, uh, uh, you know, uh, vocal section. And it, it, it reminded me in some ways of uh, TV on the radio. I really felt like, uh, you know, you are just, you're, you're hitting every different sound and it's not about it. You know, like you said, it's not about it being a genre. It's about it being music uh, and making mm-hmm. it sound good and making, making an impact on people. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of, what grabbed me, I mean, TV on the radio was a huge band for me. Like when I first heard them, not only because they looked like me, but also because I felt like their approach to music felt like something I would want to make. You know, I was like, this is everything. Like it's soulful, it's bluesy, there's like rock, but it's like post-punk and it's like new, you know, like I, I was in love with it. And the productions were so different than any other band I had heard at the time. It was like a Radiohead approach to production where they were treating sounds, they were treating guitars like these, they weren't just guitars anymore. It became something else. It was, it was deep. I I was in love with it. Dave Sidek did an amazing job on those records. And as a person that not only writes music, but that records music and is a producer themselves, you know, I was hearing things in those records that, you know, 
it really, really inspiring. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bautista, I had to jump on this interview because, believe it or not, we have a lot in common. I've also worked with Greg Elwell. Uh, amazing, oh. amazing coincidence. <laughs> uh, we talked about so how you are uh, influenced by all these genres, of course, and you incorporate a lot of that into your music. I'm wondering if there are any uh, artists, songs, or styles of music uh, on your phone that you you play a lot that might still surprise us. Any influences that really we we didn't see coming yet? Um, like Don Caballero. Mm, uh, wow. One of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Don Cab, American <laughs> Don. Um, that was big for me. Um, um, Hella and Lightning Bolt, those two bands specifically. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing at the Opolis many times yes. and having my mind blown by those bands. Um, the Dodos, mm. great indie rock band from probably 15 years ago that was just like, a guy playing toms and a person playing guitar. I always thought it was just beautiful. Um, I'm a big Jose Gonzalez fan. Every couple of years, mm-hmm. I like I just fall back in love with Crosses and just listen to that record on repeat for a month or two. <laughs> um, and then like Portishead, I think Portishead, uh, just because I'm a Radiohead fan, there's something about the drums with Portishead where it's just. It's it's a da- it's a dangerous band. I think it's an undefeated band. Absolutely, <laughs> completely undefeated. Portishead. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Portishead is. Uh, I don't know. Almost become even more relevant as as time has gone on. Yeah, because we're all referencing Portishead. Like, yeah, yeah, right. I guess it's because it's it's uh, the references are like coming to the surface now. Yeah, yeah it's it's really hard not to. Um, <laughs> it's amazing, but and also, I mean, Jeff Parker. I mean, I think Jeff Parker's guitar playing is just like other world. And I love like the last two records he's put out and I'm like, I'm a huge fan of what he's doing. So right. yeah, those are just some artists. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some are surprises and some aren't. Right. Um, also you uh, came up out of the Oklahoma sort of DIY, uh, uh, you know, uh, music scene here, the local music scene. As you've traveled and you have seen and experienced, I guess, other uh, music scenes similar to that, the equivalent to that in other places, um, is does Oklahoma like stack up with that? Um, is it comparable? Is it different in any way? Uh, what, what's your take on that? Dude, I growing up in Oklahoma, all I could think about was leaving, you know, because yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, if I'm going to make it in anything, I got to leave, you know? And I remember moving and years pass and I'm checking like to see who's playing locally. And I see, um, Samantha Crane and John Calvin Abney. And I was like, I was wrong. I could have stayed home, you know, (laughs) like I could have done all this from home. And I, that's just, you know, it's, it's crazy. Cause like those two artists, are known like internationally for what they do. I mean, John Calvin, I used to play in a country band called Lizzie No in New York, fantastic band. And um, when I quit that band, she was asking me like, oh, you know, any other guitar players? And I gave her some recommendations and then some years passed by. Last year, I get a call from John Calvin and he's like, oh, I'm playing guitar for Lizzie. Didn't you play for her? And I was like, dang, man, like, Uh 
John Calvin of every person in the world, like she found the other Oklahoma guitar player. And <laughs> and that just goes to show that's like there's a special thing making music from Oklahoma. Like it's it's legendary stuff. I mean, you, I, I grew up on Garth Brooks Boulevard, you know, um, in Yukon. But also like the Gap Band is from Oklahoma, you know, like it's like and no one really everyone sleeps on Oklahoma. And I think that's what makes people that come out of there so great because they're not necessarily expecting fame or glory. Like we're like the perfect musician, like no ego, just want to show up and play. And that's kind of what I grew up with around the players that I grew up with. You know, they've been slinging it out in bars in Oklahoma and Texas and Nebraska and New Mexico for 15, 20 years. Like they weren't trying to be Brooks and Dunn. They were just like playing guitar and paying rent, you know? And um, when you get to New York and DC and LA, like, everyone with a guitar thinks they're like the one, you know, but in Oklahoma, everyone just has a guitar and they're nobody. And, <laughs> and that's, and that's beautiful. I think that's gorgeous. Like I, I kind of miss that, like just being around musical people that just love the community of making music. And, you know, I played all up and down the Paseo my whole life, you know, meeting artists and, you know, that was my dream to just play in Oklahoma city, you know, for a long time. So I think Oklahoma and the music scene there is special. Also, I share hosty with everyone I meet <laughs> and I've got like half of New York city knows Freddie hole. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You know, and it's, it's gorgeous. It was like on my walk-in music for years, Freddie hole. It's if beautiful. I could wave the wand and make an, uh, you know, an Oklahoma musician, uh, nationally, like have a national presence, it would probably be hosty. It would be Mike hosty deserved it. Yes. A hundred percent. I feel like, if, if, if my, you know, in 120 years when Mike Costi has passed away and probably we will have too, I feel like they have to have a spot for him in like the rock and roll hall of fame. Oh, I'm I like, so. I'm like, there's so many artists that know who this man is like across the, the country. If you're like, Oh, Oklahoma, they're like, Oh, Hosty, he's so weird. You know, yeah. it's like it's, a lot of people know him. dude. It's, it's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what? I, I really, uh, I kind of wondered about that Oklahoma influence as well. I was listening to, uh, to your song Mustang again, uh, which, you know, you grew up in Mustang and I kind of wondered a little bit about what, um, what it was about that, about that city, uh, that, that, that you thought needed, uh, <laughs> needed a shout out, needed, needed to be explained to people on that album. I felt like I always had beef with Mustang. Like I was always like, the city is like the root of so many things that really hurt my feelings oh. as a, as a kid, you know, like there were some experience I I had and that my family had with people that lived there. That was just not great, you know, and it impacted me negatively and like really hurt my self-esteem. And I felt like I, it kind of threw me off for a while and it took me a lot of years and like therapy to like work through some of those things and so when I wrote that song, I was in New York and I was recounting some times in my life where I had also had to overcome some things. And I was comparing my time in New York with my time in Mustang and backdrop was my album live forever, which is an album about like overcoming challenges. And so, you know, that that's why I shouted out Mustang because <laughs> at the time I had a sour taste in my mouth about that. City. Um, but you know, Time, time heals wounds. You know, I, I've made my peace with that, with that city. Yeah. 
Well, and it's also one of those things where you have to, you, no one ever wants to go back and, and re-experience the heartache or the, or the pain. But as, as an adult, I think there's a lot of things that I never want to go through again, but I also look back and I think, oh, that's, this is why I am Greg. This is why I'm me is because I went through this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what that song is about. And it's like, and the album, it's like, I mean, I remember, like I said, I wanted to leave Oklahoma so bad. And then once I did, I was like, oh, the reason I'm like who I am is because of this place. You know, like you don't get me without Mustang, Oklahoma, you know, you know, that you just you have to have it, you know. So, yeah, I I believe I I agree with what you're saying. Well, one one other thing on um, listening to Farm to Table again today, I was one of the the. Feelings. I don't know if, I, if I'd really think of it as an image, but a feeling that kind of permeates that whole album is um, is overwhelming. It, it's it's um, I, I there is such a an amazing tapestry of sound that you have laid over and over and over each other on these tracks and and. And then the lyrics, um, I, there's a lot of stuff in there about about uh, your visits to L.A. Um, uh, that that I think resonated with me in that sense that it's it's um, like, look at how beautiful this world is, but look at how troubled this world is. But but you can't have you can't have one without the other and, and you can't uh, only appreciate one without dealing with the other. Um, uh, that really, uh, that came through. And, and, you know, obviously I think LA is, is a um, kind of a, a big signifier of like the, the divide between the very, very rich and the very, very poor. Uh, yeah. And, you know, um, that kind of those extremes, but I, I also felt, uh, I think that's, I think that though, that's a message that can kind of resonate with anybody anywhere. I think we're all feeling that, like this world is an amazing place right now. We have done so much. We've come so far. And yet at the same time, it all feels like we're on this precipice of, of falling off. And so there's a whole lot of hope and a whole lot of fear. Um, and, and that's, I don't know, that's what I really, that's what I pulled anyway from, from farm to table was this sense of like, um, you know, everything's amazing. Everything's scary, but, but, you know, how do you deal with it both at the same time? Right. I, I think that's, I wish I talked to you before I put the record out. So I a better way to explain the record, but yes, all of that. True. Yes. He's I knew available that record, for consulting. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, farm to table was a cool record. You know, it, I'm glad I made it. It, it was like, I could have only made it at the time that I made it. You know, it was like right after I put out live forever, like that day it came out, I was like pre-producing farm to table and, uh, yeah, it came together really quickly. It just worked. Um, cause I was basically commenting on the pandemic and just how my life had changed because of that album. And I was working in music full time and I was touring and I was being away from my family for the first time and just processing life and tour and my new world and uh, against the backdrop of like a pandemic and everything, <laughs> you know, so it was just like, I could have only made that record at, at that time, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what, um, 
you know, the uh, um, Live Forever came out in 2020 and you were already working on uh, Farm to Table, which came out this year. What sort of lead time are you all are you working on the on the follow up right now or or is this kind of more of a time for touring? Yeah, it's a time for touring. Um, and, you know, I'm always writing songs, <laughs> so there's it's it's I mean, it's the next record is really good. <laughs> I'm literally in the studio right now. Like, um, yeah, I, I'm like in between tours and I'm like, oh, my God, let's how much of this can I get done before I go back on the road? So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I, I only wish we're recording this over Zoom so we can see each other. But I really wish our listeners could get a look at your face when you were talking about this new the glee on his like it. I've never seen a picture giggle harder than I just saw Bartis looking. So, folks, you you heard it. The, the next album, they're all good. You should pick them all up, but but absolutely uh, keep your keep your ears open for the next Bartiz Strange record. Uh, Bartiz, uh coming back uh, to Oklahoma December 16th at Beer City. Um, uh, so uh, get your tickets now and uh, you can get it's BartizStrange.com. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's got all your tour information on there and, uh, and you can buy, uh, buy tickets through there as well. Um, Bartiz, man, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really so great to talk to you. And, uh, I know our listeners appreciate it. Um, and hopefully we'll, uh, everybody, uh, listening to the podcast right now, you are hereby invited, uh, to beer city music hall, December 16th. It's going to be a great show. I'll be in the tube top, uh, uh, all six foot six of me right up front. So, uh, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on Bartiz. This is so great to talk to you. Of course, dude. Good to see you again, Greg. Yeah, it's very, cool. very, very cool. I've already got my ticket for that show. I am stoked. It's... I haven't been to Beer City yet. It's my first Beer City. It's my first time seeing Bartiz. I am excited. And his first headlining show in Oklahoma. That is he, so cool. He played with Lucy Dacus and, and some other folks when he came through here. Um, Lucy Dacus, who I saw at the Tower Theater last year and who uh, I think blew out her knee or something and couldn't stand and played the whole show reclined on a sofa with her guitar sitting on top of her. That is dedication. And it was one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. And Indigo D'Souza opened, and she was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yay for the Tower Theater. It was, uh, I, I, I'm i super excited. And it was just really fun for me to get to talk to Bartiz again after all these years. I know, I think it's so funny. He was what, he, was, he was your intern? intern? Yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny. I, uh, back when I was at OMRF None years, of our years interns ago. have gone under rock stardom. Uh, that we know of. We're, we're still waiting, Leona. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, it is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod events. And first up this week is Ben. Well, it's like Will Rogers always said, if you heard it on a podcast, it must be a good idea. <laughs> At least that's what I'm sure he would say if he was around to hear me relay this event to you all now. You see, in addition to his writing and ever-quotable wit, Oklahoma icon Will Rogers was also one of the original movie stars, having appeared in 50 Silence and 21 Talkies. Well, Ants Pants, that's over 70 cinema films. More than enough content for your baby, your honey, and your ragtime girl. That remarkably long IMDb page no doubt inspired the Will Rogers Motion Picture Festival, scheduled this week, Wednesday through Saturday, primarily at the Will Rogers Memorial Museum in Claremore. 
Here, local, national, and international filmmakers of today will present their films in hopes of earning one of the coveted Dog Iron Awards, which will be handed out in a closing ceremony Saturday night. In addition to festival screenings every day in the museum's theater, there will also be a number of special events, including a 40th anniversary screening of the 1982 classic Tron at 6.30 p.m. Thursday and the Will Rogers Movie Parade at 3 p.m. Friday in downtown Claremore. Not only are all the screenings free, but all films are rated G or PG and must fit the standards to be shown on public television. So all your little wills in the making can attend as well. Before you go, check out the full schedule of film screenings and events at dogirons.com. For more information, call 918-341-0719. You were just talking on the pod about how people haven't seen Will Rogers films largely and why that is. And it, it was with because the, of it was the director he, of the Will Rogers Museum. Yeah, so. after, after he died, um, they didn't want to disrespect him exactly. by showing his films. Yeah, which is which unfortunately is had the uh, the opposite yeah. effect of now people don't really remember yeah. his movies. Whereas when Betty White died, the game show network became the Betty White channel. When Betty White died, they actually the her her people called me and said that she was going to be doing a show from inside the grave. Yeah, and well, I was I was amazed. No, and I mean, I thought, you know, as her ex husband, it's probably important <laughs> that you have you have access to that information. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I still your, consider myself spiritually to be her husband. Her <laughs> alimony. Jess, don't listen oh. to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Megan, what's your event this week, and does it involve any dead comedians or Betty White? Uh, it could potentially. <laughs> <clears throat> Children are not shy about making demands. Feed me, put me down, go away, Megan. And that is fine. <laughs> I respect that behavior from children. And on Halloween, the demands of children reign supreme as they run around the town demanding candy from strangers. In Ardmore on All Hallows' Eve, the townsfolk will celebrate at Trick or Treat and Touch the Truck. Kids with a thing for vehicles will be able to poke around in fire trucks, ambulances, dump trucks, and even more while they zoom around the town like big sugar-filled hummingbirds. For more information, visit ardmoremainstreet.com. That's all I have to say. Big, sugared, <laughs> well, sugar-filled hummingbirds. At wow. first, I was thinking little sugar-filled hummingbirds, and then I was like, "Well, no, well, they would just be a hummingbird. They uh, would be giant. Yeah, hummingbirds are considered to be very large. Hummingbirds. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you that? Uh, so my kids are obsessed with the humming, my, and my parents too. Hummingbirds in the backyard, and so um, I was looking it up one day with my daughter, and we found out that hummingbirds, especially the ones <laughs> native to Oklahoma, or that you can find around here weigh as much as three Cheez-Its. What an odd measurement. That seems like a measurement I would use. It was was like, it's one penny, and then I weighed a penny, and then I was like, I wonder what else. And then I just got out some, it's three Cheez-Its. Three Cheez-Its is one penny is a hummingbird. Well, I could eat a lot of hummingbirds. You could eat so many, a whole box of hummingbirds. so many hummingbirds. (laughs) Nate, what's your event this week? Come come on down to the great hummingbird cook-off. <laughs> no, hang on. Uh, about live music. So we were talking about our favorite concerts, our best concerts earlier. My answer was something along the lines of... Too many to mention. Uh, oh, my gosh. But that Tom Petty show... I'm sorry. It was his last tour ever. It was the first night of his last tour. I, we didn't know he was going to die. I'd never seen him. Like, I seriously... Like, if I talk about this show, if I... 
two more sentences and I will start to cry. Uh, but in terms of Oklahoma artists, oh, artists with the Oklahoma connection, I really can't say nobody rules a stage like John Fulbright. I had the extremely good fortune to catch the album release show for Fulbright's new LP, The Liar, at the Blue Door this month in Oklahoma City. And as always, it completely blew me away. Uh, Fulbright's a total treasure. And if you haven't discovered his music yet, well, here's your chance. Because you too can be a part of a live recording. This is actually really fun. You can be a part of a live recording by coming to the legendary Kane's Ballroom in Tulsa, one of the state's best venues, as we all know, this Thursday, November 3rd, for Live from Kane's. This series is sort of a Sooner State version of Austin City Limits, and it will feature this this particular episode will feature Fulbright alongside the Live from Kane's band, who uh, talk about some heavy hitters in terms of Oklahoma music. Paul Benjamin, Aaron Baylor, Patty Ryan, Jesse Acock, Stephen Lee, Roger Ray, and Jeremy Watkins, also on the bill. This is cool. Kaylin Fay, an Oklahoma singer-songwriter who writes and performs entirely in Cherokee. Hmm. I know. I mean, I would be excited to hear that. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I actually might, I think I might try to go to this. So for tickets or more information, call 918-584-2306 or visit canesballroom.com. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Carly, what's your event this week? I know Thanksgiving is more than three weeks away, but like marathons of all kinds, you must prepare your body for the upcoming comestible challenge. (laughs) A great way to get in shape, in this case, that shape is round, before Turkey Day is to partake in the St. Elijah Mediterranean Food Festival at St. Elijah Antiochian Orthodox Church in Oklahoma City. On November 4th and 5th, they'll have a spread even bigger than Bubby's dinner table. (laughs) Hummus, tilami, I think is how you say that. uh, A Middle Eastern buttered bread, whatever, it sounds delicious. Cabbage rolls, Safifa, which is hot talami topped with ground beef, onions, tomatoes, peppers, and special seasoning, kind of like a Mediterranean Indian taco. Uh, Tabbouleh, kibbeh, and baklava served alone or covered in vanilla frozen yogurt and chopped with chocolate sauce or caramel and baklava crumbles. And to be honest, a baklava sundae seems like reason enough to attend any happening. You can also tour the beautiful Century Plus Church, which should help make more room for ruse and yonki, a sort of Mediterranean spaghetti dish. And in Mission is free. Visit stelijahokc.com slash foodfest and Saint is ST. Have you guys ever been to that? Oh yeah. It is so fun. I have not, but oh, I'm like, maybe we should out. go for your birthday card. Dude. Yes. November 6th send presents. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would totally I love that thing. It is so fun. That food's amazing, and right? And the church is yeah. really beautiful. It's a beautiful too. church. I mean, we don't have to go for Carly's birthday. Like we could just go. You can just celebrate just eating food. Uh, that bomb. Baklava is yeah. so good. Yeah, no, I actually so just good. learned how to make baklava. From, really? Uh, Jess's, Jess's grandmother uh, taught us out. I feel like I've heard that it's like a really involved long process. It's a lot of layering. A yeah, a it's lot. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not actually that complex. I think it depends if you make your own phyllo. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, if you want to make it from scratch, it would be hard. But. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Chris Castro over here. I'm just <laughs> buying stuff at the grocery store and putting it together. Uh... <laughs> Well, Carly, I think it was great that yours was. What's up? Sorry, nothing. This is this is still on the rails for sure. <laughs> Everything's going fine. Uh, I am. Uh, I love that you did a Thanksgiving one because I, I was like, <laughs> when I chose mine, I was like, I wonder if everyone's gonna laugh about my Christmas event. <laughs> what, is, what is your what is your you Christmas? Christmas? You, what is it? You, you Christmas creep? Yep. Ho- homonyms are dangerous, and nowhere is that more apparent than Sepulpa. Uh, we're starting November third and running until next year. The Route sixty six. 
Christmas shoot is not, I repeat, not an event in which holiday-themed hunters track down Chris, Chris Kringle in a holly jolly version of the most dangerous game. It's not that. I'm going to be honest, it's disappointing. I, me too. Oh boy, I was thinking about it. Uh, shoot, in this case, is spelled C-H-U-T-E, so rather than being locked and loaded, visitors to Spulpa should be flocked and loaded with holiday <laughs> cheer. This downtown event includes Christmas shoots in which uh, guests walk under blocks and blocks of densely decorated Christmas tableaus with different themes for a unique walkable holiday experience. You can take in five blocks of more than 35,000 feet of Christmas lights. And ten different themes running from like nutcrackers and religious to to Route 66. Uh, Be sure to stop in for a bite to eat or some shopping when you're done uh, getting into the holiday spirit. Admission is free and the Christmas shoot runs until January 1st. Visit Route66ChristmasShoot.com for more information. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. And I I was honestly, I was like, like, oh, we gotta get somebody down there for some photos, because it sounds like it's gonna be... Yeah, totally. Our colleague, Mary, I think, took photos at that last year, and it looked really cool. Awesome. I wanna go. Let's all go. Let's everybody go. It's it's in Sepulpa, and it's gonna run through uh, January 1st. We'll do that for Carly's birthday, and then we'll come back here and (laughs) throw baklava at her. I just, I, I, we should really just make a point that all Throwing events should be, should be Carly's birthday okay. events from now on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like JB, Carly. Now every yeah. day is your birthday. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to get you a dog every day for the next year. Philip wouldn't be fine with that. Oh, no. Okay. He would no. not be okay. And the sound of the staff once again celebrating Carly's birthday means that this <laughs> episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. Join us again next week, or if you just can't get enough, head to <sighs> oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Uh, it's uh, our our uh, our awesome. Our next episode airs on Carly's birthday. <laughs> oh, the cycle continues. Yeah, we should. I, I. She doesn't know it yet. She's going to be interviewed for it. She's our guest next week. <laughs> as long as we don't sing happy birthday, because that thing is copyrighted. Yeah, that will. Cost. Meaning we can't afford it. Okay. Uh, but if you would like to Venmo us some money, you can send that still to not, OKTPod at TravelOK.com. <laughs> Yeah, We're just going to keep that. it. We're just going to go to dinner. <laughs> and we'll talk again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production held by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. Sorry we made you do that on your birthday. I feel like we should have gotten a pinch hitter. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. Bye. <laughs>